Welcome to Insights, the podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are you feeling this week, buddy? We're doing great, Brad. How are you doing? A little sleepy. Uh, we're recording the morning after the Super Bowl. I'm going to be honest. I might consume large amounts of coffee today, but for the most part, feeling good, feeling strong. Wish I did better in DraftKings, but overall... Positive day, positive Super Bowl. It was a fun game. It was a great halftime show. It seems to be like the only thing social media can ever agree about. I'm sure there's some people out there that didn't, but you know, we we had fun at halftime. Um, did you and on Valentine's Day, did you feel love today, Brad? Or, you know, just coming out a little after it, but Matt, any time that I can talk to you over Riverside where we record this podcast, I'm feeling the love, bud. And it's it's great to see you. It's great to spend Valentine's morning with you, Matt. And I'm super excited about that. One thing that we're not doing on this segment, Matt, that maybe we should have, we're not talking about the commercials. I truthfully didn't watch them. I was at a Super Bowl party. I didn't have the the audio on. Might have to go back and see. Like, like as marketers, that's probably a miss on our end. Maybe on another episode. But, um, I mean, I, put you on the spot. Did any stand out to you? I just remember a lot of Dolly Parton for some reason. Um, okay. Something about phones with her and Miley Cyrus, 5G, T-Mobile. So I guess it worked. Um mm. Sure. And I, the one thing I read over the weekend was State Farm had no Super Bowl TV budget. They put it on TikTok. Mm. Maybe we will talk about that as a segment. Let's table that for a second, because I was going to tell you, I was going to say, if you had a Super Bowl budget, would you create a commercial or would you run it in Facebook or TikTok ads? That was going to be one of the segments for today. Let's table that. I might bring that up later today, because I don't know if I would run a Super Bowl ad if I had the budget. Matt, enough witty banter. Let's get to the show. What do you say? I think it's a great idea. At this time, we'd like to welcome on Prudence Shank, Director of SEO at Haley Marketing. Prudence, welcome to Insights. Oh, thank you for having me. You got it. Prudence, you're here today because you have a PSA for pretty much all of our listeners. You've been talking about bot traffic, spam traffic at Haley Marketing for what feels like the last month or so. You reached out to Matt and I. He said, hey, we need to take this to Insights. We got to talk about bot traffic because... I continue to see it and your audience needs to know what it is. So Prudence, walk us through what bot traffic is in Google Analytics and more importantly, should we be concerned about it? Okay, yeah. So like you said, over the course of the last month or so, I've gotten an influx of questions of um, clients who were either very thrilled or very scared about the fact that they were seeing 300, 400, 500% increases in traffic to their website and typically their job board. Um, so that's, you know, that, those are the two reactions, right? It's like, oh my gosh, everything's going fantastic or oh no, what is going wrong? And so we have to look at it to determine whether something's going right or wrong, right? Because if you sent out some kind of amazing email campaign or something, you very well could have had a massive spike in traffic. If you appeared on a news program or say a podcast, you might have an increase in traffic that's that's pretty high and, and is something that we call a spike where it goes up really quickly and then back down. 
But if the majority of the traffic that is in that spike is going to one single page and it's just one page view and they're spending no time on the website, then that traffic is coming from a bot. And bots are not anything we can do about. We cannot stop them. We cannot eradicate them. If we could, life would be a lot easier. But they're also not anything to panic about. Anyone who owns a website is vulnerable to bot traffic. Bots crawl the web all day, every day, billions of webs website pages per second, looking for um, everything from vulnerabilities um, to just trying to scrape data off of your website. They're looking for contact information of the people on your team, or they are they're literally scraping your job board and they're either reposting your jobs or using that to try to put together some kind of list. It's just a giant pain in the backside and it skews people's data, but it's not, it's not, it's not a hack. There's a difference between a bot and a hack and I think that's, that's an important distinction. It's annoying, but your site has not been compromised. That's a huge, huge comment. You know, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I was like, wow, we're going to have a lot of people who are concerned that their sites are being hacked or we have, you know, traffic coming from, um, you know, presumably just bad people. And and that's not the case. And that's not what Prudence is alluding to at all. This is bot traffic from sites who might just be crawling your, your site just so it can get better indexing on Google, might be to index certain pages. It's all good. It's just a little annoying. It's, it's very annoying, <laughs> it's what it is. Um, it tends to be things like it'll happen on the same day of the week, every week for a period of about six weeks. Um, and, and unfortunately, we can't anticipate it happening. We can only find it after it happens, and then we can't remove that from your analytics. We can filter it, or you know, there's things we can do to kind of block it from getting to your report, but we can't prevent it and we can't remove anything that already happened. If you're using data to make decisions about your marketing, you just kind of have to subtract out <laughs> that crazy, annoying, automated traffic. And, and that's good to know too. So if you are seeing bot traffic in Google Analytics, as Prudence mentioned, you can remove that. You can set up a filter. You can exclude that data in your report so that you do have still somewhat of a clean picture of how many people came to my website last week? What did they do? What actions did they take? Prudence, if someone's listening right now and they're saying, hey, I did notice a really interesting spike of traffic last week. What do I do? What do they do? Well, first they want to make sure they want to identify it as um, either legitimate traffic or spam. So if they posted a specific, if they posted 8,000 jobs in one day, it's entirely possible it was legitimate traffic. If they, like I said, did an amazing email campaign, it is entirely possible that it is legitimate traffic. So the first thing you want to do is look at the source of the, the traffic and where it's coming from. Um, some telltale signs that it's spam are that the traffic are coming from a single city, either in the United States or abroad. First of all, if it's abroad, you probably don't have to go any farther. If it's coming from abroad and you don't do business in that country, red flag number one. If it's coming from the United States, filter down or drill down and see what cities it's coming from. If it's coming from Chicago or um, Ashburn, Virginia, that's definitely a bot. There are Amazon web centers there and 
bots live there. So that's probably a good indication. If you do business in New Jersey and all of your traffic in that spike is coming from Los Angeles, that's probably spam. Um, it, it, as soon as something doesn't add up, it's probably spam. And you want again, you want to look at time spent. It's usually 0, 0.0. It's usually one single page. And more often than not, it's going to the job board. It's all really good stuff, Prince. And, and I know clients that we're working with on a consistent basis are always wondering who's coming to my site. Are they job seekers? Are they prospects? What's happening on my site? And, and the deeper that individuals get in looking at that data, the more they want to know about that outlier data, that outlier data set. So uh, really appreciate you coming on to talk about bot traffic. You had mentioned that you're you're putting together a blog article for Haley Marketing as well. It should be coming out later this month, early next month. Um, why don't you softball that one so that we can get some listeners excited about that content that'll be out soon. Um, in the blog post, I'll show you some examples of what it looks like in analytics so that you know, it's hard, you know, over a podcast to just say this. I'll show you what a spike looks like, um, what what to look for, how to identify it, and then some action items, or, you know, tips on filtering it yourself or going through our client success team and, and working with us to help you get rid of it. Not get rid of it. Hide it. <laughs> we can't get rid of it. If you have any questions about some specific traffic to your website, to your career portal, if you're working with Haley Marketing or if maybe you just need a hand and you want us to take a look for you, you can reach out to info at HaleyMarketing.com, get in contact with one of our team of marketing educators, and let's have that conversation. If there's something that we can do to help you filter your data a little bit better, maybe help you understand what's going on on your website a little better, or hey, help you with some marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. Again, you can reach out to info at HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. Prudence, I want to thank you so much for coming on this episode of Insights and sharing your insights with us. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Matt, let's talk about best of staffing from Clearly Rated. I know over the last week or so, I've had numerous clients reach out because they're, they are winners of the best of staffing award. And a lot of them now are thinking through, okay, now that we've won this great award, first off, congratulations if you're a best of staffing award winner. It's a great honor. And if you aren't familiar with what best of staffing is from Clearly Rated, um, let me read you their bio real quick. So the best of staffing agencies secured the best of staffing award by obtaining at least a 50% net promoter score, indicating that they provide exceptionally high levels of service to their staffing clients and job seekers. Clearly Rated every year works with staffing and recruiting firms across the country to develop a list of the best of staffing award winners. Again, if you're an award winner this year, congratulations. Matt, I want to talk about on this segment, I want to talk about what we should do after we're announced a winner. So a lot of clients were reaching out to me last week saying, hey, we won this great award. What do we do? I know our success team is battling questions like that. I know that our other team members are are working with their clients to to understand, okay, I won this great award. How do I tell people about it? What do I do with it? I thought it'd be fun for you and I maybe just to bounce idea back and forth and, and sort of do like a, a, I don't know, a nice fast round of what you can do now that you won this award, just to give somebody who's listening some some ideas and, and what they could do with their marketing. I believe they call it the lightning round, Brad. The lightning round, Matt. The lightning round of best of staffing award suggestions. So Matt, get us started. You just won a best of staffing award for Matt's staffing firm. What do you do? I'm going to write a press release. And distribute the press release. I think it's a great idea. And include And also if I if I remember sorry, Brad, if I remember correctly, they provide a press release and then you have to fill in a quote or two. They make it incredibly easy for you to share a press release. So what they do is they give you a, a template that you can then modify, expand upon. 
Um, yes, you can certainly just add in your quote, add in your you know, CEO's name, whatever it might be, but they do give you a template that you can then use and distribute as an official press release. The reason I would do that is so your local, it's easy to get local distribution on that. Um, a hope here is maybe the news stations, radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, weekly publications, et cetera. Pick it up, might put a link on their website with it. Maybe a link back to your website could help with SEO um, from the technical part, but also just awareness that, oh, hey, Matt Staffing Agency, Brad Staffing Agency is a best of staffing award winner in a local market and just gain a little bit of credibility and visibility and other, another touch point with potential um, clients and or job seekers, depending on which of the best of staffing you want, if you want one or both to, to connect with them. I would take that press release and I would post it on our company blog on our website. And then from there, I would distribute it as a email newsletter. I would send it out maybe through text messaging services. If you're using sense or hear fish, whatever it might be, I would use that as a way to showcase and, and in a sense, brag to your candidates and your prospects that you won this award. You need to show that off to individuals because for the most part, they might not know. As Matt's saying, once you win the award, that's great, but you need to take that message to individuals who aren't actively seeking out whether or not your staffing firm is an award winner. So as Matt's saying, let's run that press release, get some nice distribution behind it. Then let's take the copy, publish that on our blog. And from there, let's push it out in an email to our candidates, to our prospects, in a text to our candidates, to our clients. Matt, what else? Let's put the logo up on our website. Um, if you're able to acquire it, make sure it's front and center. You know, I've seen a bunch of companies have it almost, I don't know, call it the hero image. We're still calling it the hero image, but that top image on the website, um, if you can work it in there really nicely, at least for a while, maybe not for all, you know, all the year, it depends. And make sure it's another way for people that come to your website to be aware of your accomplishment. I was going to say add a fly-in on the homepage or on other key pages of your website on your career portal. Think, and, and we were just talking with Prudence about website analytics. Think about your top 10 pages of your website. Let's add a fly-in on those pages so that as individuals come in and look at those, now they're driven over to the press release. We're captivating that attention and funneling them over. And even if they don't read the release, they're going to see it because of that fly-in. So I would add it as a, a lower third on your website, some sort of fly-in that comes out from the left or the right just to get somebody's attention and, again, showcase that you're a Best of Staffing Award winner. Matt, what else? You got any more? We got to take it to the socials um, and, and distribute to our audience there. So you could take your press release there. Um, you could create a really nice video from someone in the leadership team there, you know, thanking your candidates, thanking maybe your clients, um, and just thanking the team too, probably is number one your own team for helping you become a best of staffing agency and just some nice, great content into a couple of different formats. It could be a graphic, could be a video, could be a link to the press release and distribute that, you know, throughout the year a little bit um, to make sure it, it keeps reaching people. I think that's a great idea. I, I wasn't thinking through the idea of having a video, but if we're doing a video and, and this really speaks to any of the things that we do, it needs to be what's in it for me, Brad Biley, the candidate on the other end of that video, right? So yes, I'm I'm happy for you winning an award, but what does it mean for me in my job search? What does it mean for me in my hiring challenges? How does you becoming a best of staffing award winner benefit me in my job search or me and my business? And if you can share that message in a video, if you can share that message in a piece of content, 
Now you have my attention. Yes, it's great. I want to work with award winners. Absolutely. But that distinction isn't enough for me to just give you my business. What's in it for me? I'm also thinking from your current team. Like if you know Matt works at Brad Staffing Agency and the CEO comes out and says, hey, thanks to the 8,702, whatever amount of employees we have on our team for helping us get there, candidates are such... It is such a low number, right? Candidates are gold right now. You're, it's much easier to, you know, succeed if your team isn't losing, leaving, and you're constantly filling open positions. It's it's much easier. So if you know just that little bit to improve your own employee retention can can have a great impact. What a morale boost too, just for your internal team. If if you look at and the best of staffing list is on Clearly Rated's website, let's say you're the only staffing firm in Buffalo, New York that won that distinction. That's something that your team should be incredibly proud of. So showing that in a in a Monday morning meeting and saying, hey, because of all of us, because of what we've accomplished in the last year, we're a best of staffing firm and Matt's staffing firm down the street isn't. That's something that we should all be proud of. And and Matt, I would think that that would help us retain some of our top employees. I think that, that would help us retain some of our top candidates or, or you know associates who are out on assignment. Because, again, people want to work for winners. You want to work for somebody who's consistently moving in a positive direction. Matt, I was going to say let's add it to email signatures, get the logos and email signatures, get uh, some sort of tagline and email signatures so that as you're reaching out to candidates, as you're reaching out to prospects, you have a level of credibility with those. Um, I think that's a nice added layer. Maybe we link to the press release if we can. If not, maybe just have that logo, have that, again, one-liner um, in your email signature. I think that's another way to showcase the award, get it in front of individuals, and again, just continue to leverage it. Matt, what did we miss? We said press release, we said blog, we said email newsletter, we said texting, we said add it as a fly-in, put it in your email signature, distribute through social. What else? I think we hit most of the, the outlets and the channels there. If you, If we missed any, maybe our listeners could share some in the comments that have worked for them to make sure to get that word out. I mean, if you're in the local market, you know, in the real world marketing, you could throw it on a banner somewhere. Maybe if you're a local little league team sponsor, throw it on, you know, Mad Staffing. You see, you get this big logo on there. Make sure it's um, visible from far away, as we'll be at the softball field here soon, Brad. Um, but hey, if I see a big advertisement that says best of staffing, that's that could could be something too. So anything in the real world, I think, could could have a nice impact as well. Yeah, the, the last thing that I might say is just if you're going to publish it on your site and you're running a PPC campaign, you're running ad spend across Facebook or Google, maybe include that into your messaging for the next two to three months. Let's change our PPC ads that showcase Brad's staffing firm, a, a best of staffing award winner 2022. Put that in the messaging, put that on the imagery, make sure it's included in that. Uh, might be a nice idea just to supplement what you're already doing. And again, that really just changes the the ad copy or the ad messaging, but just another idea that um, you might be able to utilize for your best of staffing announcement. As Matt was saying, if we've mentioned anything and, and maybe you're doing something different that we didn't think of in this lightning round, we'd love to know. You could message us on LinkedIn, let us know what you're doing. You can reach out to our team at info at HaleyMarketing.com and let us know what you're doing that's working really well. If you have any questions about your best of staffing award announcement, if there's anything that we can do to help, we would absolutely love to. We love thinking through specific custom strategies that that work around announcements, that work around what your staffing firm is doing specifically right now. If you need a hand, we would love to help. You can reach out to Matt or Brad on LinkedIn or again, reach out to info at HaleyMarketing.com 
and make sure you let them know that Insights sent you. Matt, we talked about it in the opening. Let's change what was going to be segment three and talk about the Super Bowl. From a marketing standpoint, it really is a, a, a holiday for marketers across the country. You think through looking at ads, you look at what people are doing on the field, you look at what people are doing across social media as you're scrolling Twitter or as you're scrolling other social media platforms. It's a it's a marketing holiday because so much attention is on one event that all businesses, all organizations want to capitalize on that attention. Now, Matt, we had talked in the opener that if you had a budget of, uh, uh, candidly, I don't know what an ad cost in the Super Bowl this year. Five million, got to be a close to that, right? I think it was five to seven, something like okay, that. Okay, so let's say if you had $5 million in your marketing budget to run a Super Bowl ad, would you do it? I'm going to come back to the basic principles of our show, insights. Where's my audience spending time? It's who do I want to reach? You know, I talked about in the open, I think it was State Farm that didn't have a Super Bowl commercial and said they're going to put all their ads on TikTok. Apparently 18 to 24 year olds or even younger are buying car insurance. But, you know, all the hashtag challenges, I'm not a TikToker at all. I honestly don't know how to hack it and get in front of people. Um, But I know it's very popular. I know it can reach a lot of people because the algorithm is very good. So if you have a message that wants to reach that audience, their theory was it's the only way to guarantee a billion views. So where would I put it? I'd put it where my audience is. And that's where I would spend my budget. You know, it's kind of a false choice if you have only $5 million to spend on a Super Bowl commercial or nothing else, right? You'd probably choose something else. But in our example here, which I like, you know, I think where your audience is spending time. And if you can get ROI out of it, great. If not, you know, focus on where your target audience is spending time during the Super Bowl, if it's staring at the TV or if it's staring at their mobile device. What would you do, Brad? So I don't I don't think I would run a, a Super Bowl commercial. Now, and, and here's why, and maybe this is recency bias, maybe this is just me as an individual. I didn't watch any of the commercials yesterday. We went out, my wife and I, we watched the game with some friends. Everyone's talking, everyone's having fun. You're watching the game, but you're not really paying attention to it. You're not really paying attention to the commercials because everyone's talking. That's when you get up during a football game. I don't think for the price, a Super Bowl commercial is worth it. I would instead, again, if my company had $5 million and said, hey, you could run it here or there, I would rather run it in a, a very, very comprehensive strategy across social, across digital. I just, I don't think for the time that you get 30 seconds, whatever it might be, it's worth it. Now, I say that as someone who doesn't have a $5 million marketing budget to to make a decision like that, but we all have budgets that we have to work within. And if you have $100, you have $5 million, it's all relative to, the, to your organization, right? Matt is exactly right. You need to think, is this where my audience is going to be? Will we have an impact? And more importantly, what are we trying to accomplish? Massive, massive brands, Doritos, Pepsi, uh, Matt, you said State Farm. I know, um, uh, who who ran the QR code one? It was a crypto. Uh, Coinbase, I think maybe? it was a crypto. And apparently their site, their site crashed yeah. too. Side note. So that's unfortunate, right? Mm-hmm. Those organizations, in a, in a weird way, almost have to buy that ad because you expect them to be there. Like, 
Doritos got so funny a couple years ago making commercials that now it's like, oh, what's Doritos going to do this year? Does that really impact whether or not I buy Doritos at the grocery store this week? Probably not. But it's almost like we're expecting them to run these ads now. So, so Matt, I, I'm getting kind of long-winded as I'm trying to think through where I want to go with this. If I had a marketing budget, I would not run the, a Super Bowl ad. I would take that money and deploy it all across digital. Heavy, heavy, heavy digital. And I would go that way with it because I truly believe that that an audience... This is tough, man. This is tough. And, and and we're talking about big money. We're talking about big budgets. But so you're thinking through staffing and recruiting firms right now, right? Where are job seekers? They're probably watching the game, but I can promise you that their second screen is in their hand during that game too. And they're looking at sites like Twitter. They're looking at TikTok. They're looking at Facebook. They're using social media while they're watching the game. So I, I still stand behind my take. I would run it in digital ads. I would not run a uh, Super Bowl uh, commercial. I I was thinking about this during the game because the take seems like for a while has been the commercials aren't as good. Like the 90s, I don't know if you watched Super Bowl in the 90s, Brad. How old are you? Are you old enough to remember that? Kind of, I, sort of. I was yeah, born in no. 1990, so I, okay, I was not there for uh, the, the the Bills run. The take was always the commercial, like the press. And now it's been, they, and I've been thinking about this, the way viewer consumption has changed. And you can probably tie this together with a better overall marketing thought, but I'm thinking about the 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 content of commercials is because 90 to 100 million people in the United States are watching the same exact thing at the same time. It's an awareness play. It's not, and we, we move so quickly now, content can be on YouTube all the time. They're all released before the game. They, you know, it's a lot of movies because you want people to know the new Jurassic Park movie, I think, was coming out or something. It's that's what the type of content is there. And I don't know how it really relates to staffing and recruiting, but it's that's how I'm thinking about just how to get in front of your right audience is where they're spending that time. And that's where the pivoting of all this content has changed in the biggest marketing advertising opportunity of the 365 days of the year. Super interesting. When you think when you think about the fact that most people, well, not most, but a lot of people are not even using basic cable anymore. You're streaming things, Netflix, Peacock, whatever it might be. You're watching stuff on YouTube TV. Now, yes, watching on YouTube TV yesterday, you do still get TV ads. But again, at least the party I was at, no one cared. So it, how many people are also like that? You have 100 million people watching the game. How many are getting up to get more you know, chicken wing dip during the commercials? So for me, I, I wouldn't run the ad. And and again, I think the companies that do run those ads are the ones who are expected to run the ad. So it's part of their marketing budget because, oh, we're Doritos, we're Pepsi, we have to do it, right? They're already thinking about next year's. There's a whole team of people who probably only have one goal and that's, you know, commercials, right? They have one task all year and that's that's their, for lack of better words, that's their Super Bowl, right? They have to perform. Maybe the takeaway is you gotta be nimble and agile. 20, 30 years ago, Pepsi, Bud Light. I mean, the Bud Bowl was huge years ago. I don't even see it. Bud Light has commercials. I think they had one last night. But um, continue to be nimble and agile. It's just because it worked for a while doesn't mean it's always going to work. Maybe I think we got there, Brad. I think you got there, bud. That was a good take. So that's our takeaway: is continue to test. You know, if you have, you're going to have some type of marketing recruiting budget. 
you know, you have a base, yep. but also try some new tactics, try some new strategies, see what works, measure it. Where's your audience spending time? They're not spending time the same places they were five or 10 years ago and, and see what works. Beautiful takeaway. You got us there. We, we were dancing around thinking through where do we go here? How do we do this? Where are we going to go from here? You got us there. And if you're listening right now and you're saying, all right, well, I'm a small staffing firm in Buffalo, New York. I'm never going to have a $5 million marketing budget to even have this conversation. What I would encourage you to do is still think about what you could do next Super Bowl. What can you do during the Masters? What can you do during award shows? How can you capitalize on exposure to very, very large events? What can you do to tie in your messaging to those events? What can you do at a smaller level that makes it seem like your real-time marketing is listening to what else is going on around you? Matt, way to get us there, bud. Way to get us there. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.